0: Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We're sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. And as The Watchman, we're always going to call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We will call out the real motives of those that living in the land of unlimited imagination. And we're going to expound on those underreported facts. Today, we're sounding the alarm with Rick Crump. Rick is a management consultant with his own firm called Kinetic Experience. He helps Fortune 500 companies solve complex, complex business problems. He and his wife Tammy founded Kinetic Faith, which is an organization to equip and mobilize the church to help turn around the moral decay of our society. Rick, welcome back to the Watchman.
1: Great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being back. You know, it's interesting, and we're looking at the Democrats, and there's a lot of discussion as to why the Democrats can't get traction. What we're looking at right now with the Democrats, and I think this is a very important but interesting point here, the Democrats have, or they're likely, because Bernie Sanders is ahead in every poll for every state, likely to have Bernie Sanders be their nominee. Now, he'll probably be up there with... um, Bloomberg as well or Doomberg. So what's going to likely happen is Doomberg will be there. he's the billionaire 60 times over, and he's going to be there with a guy that wants to outlaw billionaires. So we're going to see a real rift there and there's nothing that they say to anybody that connects with anybody. And I think that's a very compelling point because they want, they want to basically get rid of the Trump tax cuts, which motivated this whole, simulated the whole economy. And then they want to bring in their own taxes. They want to get rid of capital gains loopholes for big investors, but they also want to bring in the state taxes, increase that, increase corporate taxes. They want to raise Social security payroll taxes. They want to close the other loopholes that businesses use to basically sustain business. They want to initiate a wealth tax, which is by itself, I mean, Bernie Sanders made the comment that the wealth tax, the purpose of the wealth tax is to cut billionaires, you know, they cut their billionaire fortunes in half. And they just basically they want to suffocate, they want to restore suffocating regulations and overbearing mandates. I mean government mandates. I mean, this is where they're at. They can't understand it why they can't get traction, Rick. They can't they can't get it. But when you look at their plan for economic contraction, that's what it is that doesn't get traction. Trump wants the American comeback, which is economic expansion. They want the globalist comeback, with it, which is our economic contraction. I mean, Rick, are you seeing this with them in their debates? What are the Democrats proposing that's going to help the economy, Rick? What are they claiming is going to help the economy?
1: Well, I think there's there's two sides of this coin, but they are the same coin. The reason why the Dems can't get traction are number one, as you've stated, there's the Democrat action, which is inhibiting. It's an inhibiting factor. It's a hindrance. They're all, they can't get out of their own way. They're doing things that are that are not popular with the general population. They're doing things that are um, just trying to find fault and find excuses for not getting things done. Let's look at the other side of that coin, though. You know me. I, I tend to think that the the other the more the more powerful side of this equation that says why they can't get traction is because Trump's doing three things. Number one. The tr- uh, let's think about this. The Trump presidency is really the manifestation of a populist movement within the base of America. You look at the right. You and I have, have had lots of discussions about this. And, and I think what we've seen is that there was a churn within the right base that said, listen, we cannot stand the, the the leftism within our own ranks. We cannot stand the mediocrity. We need something. And he came along with this beautiful message that said, let's just simply make America great again. And it resonated with people. And he said the same things like let's drain the swamp. And it resonated with people. So the first thing Trump does is he targets what's volatile, but it's also achievable. He plays to that populist base, like things like moving the embassy to Jerusalem when everyone else talked about it, but no one would take action. Appointing all these judges. And by the way, this is why he was so angry at Republicans in the first year about not repealing Obamacare. It Mm -hmm. was theirs to lose. It might've been volatile, but it was very achievable. And he was trying to convey to his, his his own rank and file, look, if we're willing to show that we're willing to fight, For the Mm -hmm. American dream and the American reality, our base will be excited by this. And the, and the Republicans that lost in that first midterm election were the ones that opposed Trump and they were like, whoa, we didn't see that coming. They didn't, they ignored the volatility within their own ranks because people were fed up. That's the first thing he did. Targets the volatility that's achievable. The second thing Trump does is he goes on offense and he stays on offense. What's my favorite saying, Clay? (laughs) Always be on offense. Get your opponent reacting to you and maintain the initiative. And that is the quintessence of Trump. And then the third thing he does that like everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's the secret sauce? Folks, he simply follows through. He simply sees it through no matter what the storm is. So to your point, let's contrast the two sides of the coin. You've got one group over here that's making excuses for for not achieving things and and trying to make a boogeyman out of Trump and coming up with every excuse possible for why this place uh, is failing, called America. And you've got a guy over here that doesn't even need a cape to, to show that he's superhuman and can lead us into a better tomorrow. And all he has to do is be willing to take the arrows while he does it. I mean, that's that's the real reason why nobody can can, can get anything to bring this guy down.
0: Well, no, there's no, there's no claim. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I think when you, when you look at what's going on right now with the Democrats and what they're proposing, they're going out of their way to promote slavery, slavery reparations. They're wanting to promote, um, well, they want to promote Medicare for all doctors for no one. And they don't understand why that doesn't connect with people. 180 million Americans have their own health care and they like it. They're happy with it. They can't understand why Americans don't want their their Medicare for all. They can't understand why people, I mean, their proposal to give illegal immigration free health care. I mean, Rick, why are they proposing that? Why do they well, try to give illegal free stuff? It,
1: there's a constituency that it appeals to, but here's the thing. The constituency that that message appeals to is not an achieving constituency. It's not a, a constituency that rises to the battle and, and wins the day. The constituency that that message appeals to is a defeated constituency. It's a group of people that, that think that they're owed something. It's They're envious. They, they have covetousness. And and that constituency rarely can, can get hold. Now, here's the danger. Did it get hold in Russia and China and elsewhere? You betcha. And that's what, what we as Christians have to remember is that that could be our future if we don't turn that, that constituency around and, and get them to embrace uh, responsible behaviors. But to your point, who wants to hear the message that you can't take care of yourself and that you need uh, the nanny state to, to tell you how to live your life? Nobody who wants to stand on their own two feet finds that message appealing.
0: No, I get it. I mean, I mean when, when you look at what's going on with these people and, and what they're proposing – I mean, you, you look at their plan for economic contraction. The Democrat debates have so much to do with the all you can eat buffet mm-hmm. of free giveaways and the promised punishment to successful folks in our country. And again, they have a plan for contraction, not expansion. One of the popular promises they, they want to make everyone, they want to make everyone but America great again. Look, they, they want, they're doing these promise giveaways, which are going to cost billions and trillions of dollars. This Medicare giveaway is likely to cost $3.5 trillion a year. That's a ton of money. When you consider the fact that our economy right now spends about 4700000000000 trillion, basically looking to double the economy, double the cost of government right there. Where are they going to get that money? Where are they going to get it? When you look at the cost of everything they're proposing, the GDP is 23 trillion dollars a year. I mean, that's what we currently have as GDP. The government spends about 3.75 trillion. Uh, I should say they spend about four and a half trillion. they get in 3.75 trillion in taxes. Their plan is going to increase the cost of government from 4.7 trillion to probably about 23 trillion. That's their plan. So again, health care is going to be about three and a half trillion their health care plan. Medicare for Everybody plan. Their Green New Deal is going to be about nine trillion. They have that, and they have that on the, on, the, on the pipeline for us. Which, by the way, they all support. They all support it. There is no moderate in this Democrat debate. There is no moderate there. Buttigieg, all these people, they all support this. Okay, and again, they uh, universal basic income. They support that. Election vouchers, (laughs) that's like a trillion dollars a year. Free college for everybody. Reparations. You see, this is their message. When Trump's message is, let's increase employment. Let's decrease welfare. Let's decrease joblessness. Let's increase our employment and decrease unemployment. Oh yeah,
1: can I can I make a real quick comment? Sure. So and on that point, he's actually doing it. Now that may sound that may sound self evident. Says, oh well, of course, if he's doing it, he's going to get more credibility. Now there's something really different here that we need to pay attention to about Trump. There's an old saying that your reputation is also your Achilles heel. Okay, so if you go out and you say, hey, I'm a family guy, but then you start having an affair on your wife or you neglect your parenting of your children. You know, the very thing that you built your reputation around—that everyone thought you were so great for—will destroy you. Okay. By the way, it's one of the reasons why, like Gore's hypocrisy uh, on his carbon footprint destroyed him. Here's Gore leading a charge about environmental being environmentally green, and what makes the guy lose his credibility? The very thing that he built his reputation on—that he had, you know, he had more carbon footprint on his house than most airports. Okay. <laughs> uh, look at Gingrich. You know, Gingrich was part of the, uh, conservative right that claimed to live and espouse family values. And then when people found out that he was divorcing his wife while she was fighting cancer, it really hurt his credibility. So we have to pay attention to the very thing that you build your reputation on also becomes your Achilles heel. Well, now let's apply this to Trump. What is Trump's reputation built on? Execution and accomplishment. That's why he, that's why things about affairs bounce off of him. He's never built his reputation. You know, his, his family loves him, even though he's been divorced and remarried, what, three times? Right. I'm not, I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying that's acceptable, but I'm trying to explain to people one of the other reasons why you can't bring Trump down is that it's just not that he follows through and accomplishes what he says. It's what his entire reputation has been built on. So when this guy executes and accomplishes things, He's living up to his brand that he's built over his entire lifetime. If he failed to deliver, he'd lose credibility. That's why the Dems fought him so hard on the wall, folks, building the wall. It's why they fought him at every turn on everything he was trying to accomplish. By the way, it's still the reason why the Dems to this day won't work with him on infrastructure, the very thing that he's the best at as a builder. They're scared to death. They are desperate to get infrastructure passed because it's a cash cow for them, But they are but they are swallowing their own tongue to prevent themselves from doing it because they know they're going to cement his legacy. Well, they know that his legacy has been built and his reputation has been built on an execution, and accomplishment. And they know the only way to bring Trump down is to stop him there. And they failed miserably. By the way, as an as an illustration, the guy was impeached and less than three or four days after impeachment, he is bombing and killing a terrorist responsible for for thousands of lives. And he's about to go to war with Iran and tell them, if you don't back down, you're going to regret it. Just after he got impeached. This is why people look at him and they're like, dude, this is the man. Because he's living up to his brand.
0: No question. But when you look at the GDP in this country, okay, back in 2008, back when we had the crash, GDP was about $14.5 trillion. In 2016, Obama basically increased it in eight years, uh, he increased it by $4 trillion uh, during his reign, which is about a half a trillion dollars a year. Well, our GDP now is almost $24 trillion. So when you look at the GDP now, it went from $18.5 to $23.5 Now think about that. Okay, so that's $5 trillion <laughs> in three years. Okay,
1: that's... you remember when Obama said, how are you going to do that? How are yep. you simply going to turn the economy around? <laughs> I mean... yeah, I, wish they don't. I hope they can replay that segment throughout the entire 2020 campaign.
0: Uh-huh. He increased the, the GDP in as much in three years as Obama did in eight years. I should say more in three years. Oh, much more. More than Obama did in eight years. Trump economy has produced three times the growth that we were seeing in 2008. One and a half trillion dollars a year for the last couple of years, five trillion... I mean, a bottom line is he's just the, the 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 growth is amazing. We produce record I amounts. I saw a
1: stat of, one time that said he created more jobs in his first year in office than Obama did the entire eight years he
0: Oh in yeah, office. I mean, well he he's he's produced record record amounts of oil and gas. I mean, we have as a country, and we're the leading exporter in the world. Okay, of our of our of our imports of energy are now the lowest it's been in sixty years. Our energy exports are just greatly re- reducing our trade deficits, which is a big deal. Nearly, I mean, nearly 7 million new jobs, okay, 600,000 new manufacturing jobs, 12,000 new manufacturing plants being built or in the pipeline to be built. This is the most manufacturing job since the 90s. Uh, again, you know, you, you have the most unfilled job openings, okay? I mean, we're, we're just about it at Full employment in this country. I mean, that's just the amazing statistic. We've never seen anything like that. Okay. I mean, jobless claims are at a 50 year low. Okay. We have record numbers. Mm -hmm.
1: I can tell you also personally, uh, as you introduced me at the beginning, I I have my own consulting firm. I do uh, professional business consulting. Folks, I can tell you that the clients, uh, the needs of my clients have have flipped over the past few years. Uh, You know, back in 2016. Early 2016, uh, it was all about, hey, you know, how do we how do we prevent all of this bleeding and this loss? And how do we how do we stem the tide of of problems that we're having? And a lot of my clients now are saying, how do we keep up? How do we maintain the growth? How do we keep from imploding because we're growing too fast? That's that's pretty exciting uh, kind of problem to be able to solve
0: for my clients. Oh, yeah, Uh, that is. I mean, but that's what we're here. That's the American dream. When you got jobless claims at a 50-year low, unemployment claims at a 50-year low, during the first two years of Trump's presidency, I mean, that's a, that's record. And that's the thing that these Democrats are apoplectic about. You know, they really are. Wage growth through the roof. We haven't seen wage growth like this in 15, 20 years. And this is expected to go even higher. Consumer confidence at record highs. Record one, one, one thing Four I one would argue are
1: for, though, Clay, I do think we should all get behind a $15 an hour wage for Congress. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that would be appropriate that would everyone be appropriate. else can, can enjoy the free market. But I think if anybody has to live with with uh, with fixed wages, it should be Congress with a 15 an hour uh, wage. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, what's really compelling? <laughs> what's really compelling to me is when you see what the Democrats are proposing. Okay, stacking the Supreme Court, okay? They're putting that up against consumer confidence at record levels. I mean, obviously there's no comparison. People are going to choose record consumer confidence. They want that. They want what's produced that. And the Democrats are talking about Medicare for all, doctors for no one. Well, Trump's producing the fact that we have the best healthcare on planet Earth. We have 180 million Americans that like their healthcare plan. He's talking about that. And they and they and they want to they want to outlaw private healthcare that just doesn't connect with people. Okay. You know, when, when you see wage growth at the levels that it is now, well, they, they want to strangle, they want to put a stranglehold on wage growth. Okay. Retail sales are up through the roof. Well, they want to, they want to bring back regulations to contract retail sales. They don't want it through the roof. They don't want these profits through the roof. They want to tax the profits. They want a corporate tax. They want to create a tax on profits. I mean, I think they want a 7% tax on profits. They want a wealth tax. They want to close those loopholes in business. They want to raise Social security payroll taxes. They just to—they want to do anything they can to bring back suffocating restrictions that are going to cause the economy to contract. And limit our ability to pursue our happiness. And that's what they're looking to do.
1: People who produce nothing want to do all of this.
0: Uh-huh. And that's exactly right. I, you know, it's hard to get traction when you're trying to compete with that. And this is what they're up against. This is what they're up against. You realize when they if they were to be successful in re- repealing Trump's tax cuts. This is going to take back thousands of dollars from the from take home pay from the families. I mean, repealing the tax cuts, a family of four with a household income of just seventy three thousand dollars a year will lose twenty three hundred dollars in tax cuts. A single mom earning $41,000 with one child will lose $1,300 per year. They want these people needing government handouts more. They want to help China's economy recover from their job losses, Rick. This is the, well, we have to, we're, we're all global citizens, so we need to help the people in India and China better compete with us. See, Trump tried to tell them how to compete, at Davos, he isn't hiding these facts from people. At Davos, Trump was out there saying, You want a strong economy, this is how we did it in America. And he laid out the list on how he did it in America. To me, the Davos speech was one of the best speeches I ever heard Trump give. And he's gonna he's given a lot of good ones. But this was to me the best because he broke down for the people of the world to see how they too can have income, they can have income equality. <laughs> but they can have more money for their citizens. You know, the reason that they're clamoring for income equality is because they have such a crappy economy. (laughs) I mean, they've created a scenario where the haves have more and the have nots. Well, there's plenty of them on government programs. They created the need for the government programs. When people are on government programs, they're not happy. They're not happy. And so, you know, when when you when you impose on them these rules and regulations that that suffocate their income, they're not happy. And so now what brings in here comes a problem that they create. So they create these problems of income inequality (laughs) because the only way out is for the government to step in because there is no economy for anybody to lift themselves out of poverty. I mean, I mean, Rick, I mean, do you see that?
1: it's just it's a broken record that infuriates me first government the the left creates the problem and then swoops in to be the the savior of the problem and it's it's it happens over and over i mean there's you could even make the argument that they're doing it with guns now where they're where they're basically allowing certain places to just run amok and let murder go go off on and and mayhem continue so that they have a case to make arguments for gun control. You see them do it with the economy. First, they create the regulation and taxation that brings down the the economy and, and the wages of people. Then they sweep in with, with socialism as, as the uh, as the answer. It's just – it's a broken record. And it, we have to warn people about it because you're right. They create the very problem that they claim to have the solution for.
0: Well, and, and that's what they're doing. I mean, they, they are – they're trying to bring in climate change. They're trying to advocate for climate change. The left's lunacy is at a fever pitch. That's what it is. I mean, again, Trump could cure cancer and no one would give him credit for it. I mean, right. these people, they know there's no one that can beat him. They know that they know within themselves there's nothing that can beat Trump. They know that. And I've said it before. I believe that Bloomberg or Doomberg is going to be the independent candidate. I think he's setting himself up for it because he's not going to win. He's not going to win the Democrat primary. Sanders is going to win. And so you're going to have the progressive, I should say the socialist agenda with him. I mean, Trump's on the verge of winning 50 states. So here comes Bern, uh, Bloom, Bloomberg, Doomberg to save the day for the Democrats. they are going to run him as an independent. And the only thing he's going to do is pull in the, uh, I don't know what they're going to pull in. I mean, he, he's, he's got no chance of pulling in Republicans. Republicans are going to come out in force. He's got no chance of pulling in any of these independents or any Democrats. Do you realize in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Allegheny County Democrat Committee and one of their endorsement conventions recently, they were people where they endorsed a Trump candidate, a pro-Trump Democrat. Now, think about the damage that does to their party. They endorsed a pro-Trump Democrat in Allegheny County Democrat Party. I think that's interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, it tells me that they're they're fragmented, they're weak, and the Democrats don't even want what their own party's offering. In Allegheny County, yeah. they're going to support. They're going to support Trump.
1: <laughs> you know, one of the th- first things you do is you look for the the finger pointing and the distancing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then eventually, um, people will jump ship. And I think this is just an accelerated version of that. I think people have been biting their tongue for a long time on the left. I think there's a lot more dissension on the left than people want to admit, certainly more than the left wants to admit. And I think that there's um, a lot of stuff under the surface that's going to boil over. I mean, we just saw through the impeachment, there was a, uh, we'll uh, a Congress or Senator in New Jersey who decided to change parties over to, being re- a Republican because he was so disgusted that's with right. the way Democrats handled impeachment. I mean, this is, They're they're going to go from zero to revolt pretty quick on the left once they get fed up. There's people just tolerating it and taking it. But once they get fed up, they're going to they're going to um, push back hard.
0: Well, I mean, the Whig Party went extinct in 1858, I believe. And uh, they went extinct because they were indifferent on slavery. And the Republicans came in because they were against it. You had the Democrats that were for it. Republicans were against slavery. And the Whigs, well, they didn't carry the way. So the Whigs went the way of the Dodo Bird, and the Republican Party got the got the industrious Whig people that joined the party, and that was the birth of the Republican Party and Abe Lincoln. So, I mean, you, you think about how I mean, what's gonna happen to the Democrats, I believe they're gonna see a metamorphosis. They're gonna see them lose their well, they're gonna their whole identity is gonna change. I think they're gonna see a lot of Democrats flee the party with Bernie Sanders at the top of the ticket. And that, my friends, I do have is a brand delicious. Like that.
1: I have, a, I have a friend in Detroit who's um, a classic liberal. He's like a Kennedy liberal, okay? And he's, he grew up with his father being in, in, in Detroit and working in the blue-collar unions, uh, very pro-American, you know. Uh, you know uh, he's, but he has a lot of uh, liberal leanings. I wouldn't say leftist leanings. And he's a white male, and he's told me privately that he feels like he's got a target on his back within his own party. Because of their identity politics and because of their leftist agenda. And I so funny you bring this up, Clay, because just about, I'm going to say a week and a half ago, we were, we were talking on my drive home and I'm always asking him, right? You know, are you going to vote for Trump or not? And believe it or not, a week and a half ago, this is a guy that takes a lot of convincing because he wants to believe that his party is going to turn around. He was really agitated. He said, he said to me, he said, you know what? They're, they're giving me every excuse I need to not vote for them and to consider voting for Trump. I almost drove off the side of the road. I said, are you serious? He goes, he goes, Rick, he goes, it's getting ridiculous. It's literally ridiculous within my own party. So they're out there. There's people in the liberal, in the liberal ranks that are starting to finally see. There's a difference between the liberals and the leftists. The liberals are starting to finally wake up to it.
0: Well, I think what's happening is that there's a difference between American comeback people whether you be democrat or republican you're you're voting for an american comeback and then of course you have the globalist comeback democrats and when you understand that they don't support the american comeback you're you 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 become the whole back and then you just you just start looking a little bit more closely at the party bernie sanders at the top of the ticket is the most delicious ingredient we could possibly have for november because we could win 50 states with him at the top well listen folks we are out of time Thanks for being with us. We thanks all of our listeners. We thank all of our listeners for tuning into The Watchmen today. Tune in every Saturday afternoon at 4.30 right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Many of our listeners uh, go to YouTube and search out WFYL during the normal airtime so they can just listen to it live on YouTube. Others just go to WFYL.com, 1180 WFYL.com and listen to it listen live there. Others in the listening area, just tune in. However you choose to listen, we appreciate it. Thanks for being with us today. For Rick, I'm Clay Brees. See you next week on The Watchman. Goodbye for now.